Armstrong and Joe Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. He's somewhere between the door and the studio, from what I understand. We're tracking him on NORAD's radar. Live from Studio C, senor. Deep within the stinking bowels. Oh, there he is. Never mind. Play the door opening, Michael. Hi. I had just gotten as far as Studio C, so we might as well just take two. Dimly lit room, and here we are. Today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Article 5 of NATO's charter. Yeah. You get one of us, you get all of us. Oh, boy. I'll tell you what the co-general manager ought to be. Whatever, Whatever illness is going through my family's house that we just cannot shake. Just can't shake it, whatever the hell it is. Yikes. Not the bat fever, though, you don't think? No. Jeez, Henry's been tested four times, including at the doctor's office. So it's not COVID. It's just some sort of things go around, I guess. Yeah, with the receding of COVID, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back every other friggin' disease that's yeah. bothered mankind. Yeah, I wonder. I was actually thinking about that. I wonder if... uh you know, I'm not going to wear masks the rest of my life to avoid getting colds or flus or whatever. But uh, I think one advantage of that is none of us got anything else for the last two years for the most part. And uh, I've uh, spent a uh, fair amount of time uh, reading pre-show today, if I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, in my, in very my, delicate in the, by your standards. In the reading room. Like, yeah. we're, we're tracking. Thank you. <laughs> what a ridiculous amount of time in the reading room prior to the show. But anyway, the uh, general manager is um, NATO Article 5. For people who are not hip to the NATO, they don't, didn't memorize the rules of NATO. What does that mean there? Well, an attack on one means a response from all. We will join together as a unified force, and every single country in NATO is obligated to come to the aid of the attacked country. And why did you bring that up today, since that has always well, been true? Jack, I don't know if you follow the situation in uh, Ukraine, but Russia. Ukraine is a country in Europe, and Russia is a country that exists next to it is a bigger country. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> Russia is now lobbing missiles and bombs and that sort of thing into the west of Ukraine, dangerously close to the border of Poland, Poland being a NATO country. And uh, certainly anybody familiar with the history of warfare understands that sometimes missiles don't go where they're supposed to go. And uh, one of one of our guys, and we'll play this clip in a bit, said, hey, even an accident is a strike on a NATO country, and you're going to get it. Yeah, struck within 10 miles of the Polish, Polish border. Some people call it 10, some people call it 12, some people are calling it 13. I don't know, but somewhere in that range, and that's pretty damn close. Yeah. Uh I, well, um, and it would be just like Vlad Putin to have an accident, just to test, so just got, to prod. I got a question for you before we officially start the show. So I was listening to uh, some top-of-the-hour newscasts as I bounced around the radio dial pre-show, and I feel like there's there's a, like a, a, a dumb news world and then like a smarter person news world. And the, mm-hmm. dumb, world, the dumb news world is like The View and, uh, and top-of-the-hour newscasts, frankly. Uh, most of the time. And in the dumb world, they keep reporting on these peace talks. 
I feel like the smart world of news, like I watched a lot of the like heavyweight people yesterday on the Sunday talk shows. I don't think it ever came up one time. I don't think it, I in like five hours of shows that I that I scanned through. I don't think it came up once, but I keep hearing in various top of the hour newscasts and they're meeting once again where peace talks where there's hopefully and is, that's, oh. is that a thing? That's dumb people news. It absolutely is. It's dumb, dumb news. It's worse than not hearing anything. Listening to the real journalists talk to National Security Advisor, Secretary of State, that sort of stuff, it never came up at all over the weekend. That's because it's all completely phony. Hey, dumb newscast people, that's not actually a thing, the peace talks. God, sell drugs to school kids or or steal people's catalytic converters or something like that. It'd be more honorable work than what you're doing. (laughs) Wow. You know, perfect example wow. of, you know, wow. Mark Twain's whole... Hey, dumb newscaster. I, I stand by those words. Steel catalytic converters. That's Whoa. right. Oh, my God. Whoa. Go work uh. for the Mexican cartels and bring fentanyl over the border. Um, It's a perfect example of Mark Twain's uh, famous bromide about, you know, if you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read the newspaper, you're misinformed. Uh, I was reading stacks and stacks of stuff, as I do every weekend, every day, and they reported on the so-called peace talks for the purpose of saying leaders who emerged from those peace talks said uh, that was utterly insincere. It was a waste of our time. Putin has no intention of, uh, of negotiating. Now, if you're going to report that, thank you very much. But just to report the first part is idiotic. Well, same newscast I was listening to, if you just want to update on dumb newscasts. The sanctions on Russian oil have already caused gas prices to go up. Pain at the pump. And uh, oh, n- boy. nobody seems to think that's actually the case. Well, that, it's a part of it. but Not see. yet, uh, according to most economists. Uh, will be, but not yet. The gas was already going up, and I don't know if you followed that story, and it is all very. it was going up like many cents per day every day before that announcement ever hit. Mm-hmm. And um, I did hear pointed out yesterday that our highest gas we've ever had adjusted for inflation was back during H.W. Bush. One of the Bushes, one of the Bush presidents regarding the whole war in Iraq and everything like that. Uh, that's when gas was actually the highest it's ever been. But pe- nobody ever adjusts for inflation because it takes the fun out of this movie made the most money of all time sort of thing. Sure, it's less bait for clicks. But gas is very expensive, and I think it's headed toward the most expensive gas of all time uh, dang near soon. Let's start the show officially, because this is an important clip we're about here. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is, how did it already get to be Monday, March the 14th, the year 2022? New you in 22, are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Well, I hope this clip is about the fact that the Monday after the time change is the most dangerous morning. <laughs> Of the year, Speaking of dumb I news. personally, I got in a car wreck on the way to the studio, and I, I was pulled over and uh, waiting for the highway patrol to show up, and I suffered a heart attack while waiting for the highway patrol. I figured I probably ought to drive to the hospital, and as I'm pulling onto the highway, I got into another wreck. Oh, boy. So, yes, yes. It's uh, more car wrecks by like a hundredth of a percent, and more heart attacks by a similar margin uh, on the first Monday after the uh, the spring forward. So be right. careful for the love of heaven, folks. Oh, All right, let's begin the show officially now. According to FCC rules and regulations, there's serious news to get to. We're going to get to it at Mark. I think everything ought to be on the table. So that's former guy running NATO on MSNBC yesterday. He was on Meet the Press with... Uh, one of your uh, heavyweights, uh, National Security Advisor. I get Blinken and Sullivan mixed up. Blinken's the Secretary of State. Sullivan's the National Correct. Security Advisor. Anyway, uh-huh. um, two of the three panelists thought a no-fly zone was a good idea. And uh, that 
NATO general right there, said, my sense is from the White House that everything is now on the table. That is not where we were a week ago. No. No, that's not good. And uh, here, here there's an iodine, a run on iodine pills in Europe, which is how you deal with the radiation, just in case of a nuclear attack. Wow. Lovely. Uh, talk of chemical weapons, maybe even already the use of chemical weapons, depends on who you ask. Obviously, more bombing of civilians. That's been going on for quite some time now. Striking 10 miles from Poland and public mood, public opinion is uh, moving toward Ukraine. All those things add together in that, yeah, everything is now on the table. More and more people talking out loud about the no-fly zone. Well, and I think in terms of Western sentiment, the uh, the pictures, videos, and accounts of the horror in Ukraine have only just begun. The siege part oh boy. of these battles is, is really in its early stages. Latest poll I saw yesterday, 87% of Americans following this story closely. So it's got everybody's attention. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's terrific. It's it's good. It's a nice pick-me-up to start the week. Fantastic. We had a lot to get to today. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. just tweeted out apparently the elon musk starlink stuff has showed up in uh ukraine to keep the internet going i don't understand quite how that works or how easy it's going to be to put that together but all right well that's good you know i'd seen a news report that it had been shipped that it was on the way and then i'd heard reports that the internet was cut off in ukraine so i was wondering okay great that's good to hear we'll uh, update you on that coming up in a couple minutes i suppose excellent here's your freedom loving quote of the day from President John F. Kennedy. The F, of course, stands for freaking. John freaking Kennedy, if you need him. An arch-conservative by today's standards, worth remembering. He said, and I quote, Let every nation know, whether it wishes us well or ill, that we shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Mm. Wow. Is that our stance? Or only if you're a NATO country? Uh, mostly that one. Well, and, for now. And... Public opinion is moving. We've got some polls on that. Uh, yeah. We'll see. You know what? I'm not going to break out into song or anything like that, but I will tell you any student of history understands that liberty is a force and oppression is a force. And both of those forces tend to spread unevenly and imperfectly, certainly. But if those who love liberty allow, you know, oppression to spread, it spreads and spreads and spreads. Is that some sort of I'm Paul Wolfowitz and Dick Cheney and I want to invade Belgium? No, no, absolutely not. Um, but it's true. Well, to kick and off I, hour two, I have a feeling we're going to hear from Mike Lyons streak, speak strongly against a no-fly zone. We'll uh, we'll stay tuned for that. All right, excellent. Here's your mailbag. You can email us. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com is the email address. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. I ask you to keep them reasonably short. Strike a respectful tone or you will be blocked. Wow. Maybe. I don't block many people. 
I've gotten very good at rolling my eyes and thinking, what an idiot, moving along. Uh, oh, Dan writes, on Fridays. The very last voice on the ending of the show is an agitated lady who says, have a good Friday, you M blankers. What's the story with her? Oh, we should replay that whole thing. Yeah, well, at the end of every show, at the end of Hour 4, and some of you don't get Hour 4 live, you can get it via podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Executive executive producer Mike Hansen crafts a little end-of-the-show series of clips, which is uniformly hilarious and interesting. And traditionally on Fridays, the last voice you hear is that woman saying, have a great Friday, UMFers. How about we... Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. How about we dedicate this Friday to we play the whole clip? Before that segment, I love that idea. Power for Friday. Can somebody yes. remind us of that? Uh, the brief story is that was a uh, news anchorette who was dumped by, as I remember, some sort of low level politico and went full on fatal attraction woman scorned on him and just <laughs> left him the most angry, obscene messages you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> it was a voicemail from somebody who just got dumped, if I think so, or cheated on. Yeah. One of those two. Long story short, yeah. So, uh, moving along to the uh, correspondence proper, uh, I am Jack's unrelenting rage is the title of this mm. uh, email. Huge news in my household: just finished parent-teacher conferences. My first grader really behind in a few subjects, doing okay in others. My kindergarten kindergartner accelerating in all subjects. Funny thing is, when we had our conference for the first grader, the teacher said the entire class is behind badly in certain subjects. No way. Uh, yeah, these left-wing nuts have set back generations to come for a disease that killed less than 1% of the population. They will, they will lower the standards now for all students. No matter what these crazy people involved have failed our children and generations to come. Adabatakef care, proud dad. Well, that's just the easy-to-measure learning part, not the impossible-to-measure emotional part. That damage. Oh, my god! That could still continue some places with the mask mandates. That uh, in L.A., San Francisco, and certain other blue areas of California, they're going to extend past today. So today, every other school gets to take their masks off. I know the rest of the country, you took your masks off a long time ago and are fine, by the way. Um, But some people are going to hang on. Came across a New York Times article talking about this guy. He's 35 years old, triple vaxxed healthy the rest of it and he just he really still wants to wear his mask and he's not comfortable socializing indoors at all and the point of the times article is it's okay to feel that way you need to allow yourself to slowly get you're freaking crazy i saw that you don't understand math (laughs) i saw that same new new york times article you know coddling people who are not ready to take masks off yet even though you know it's perfectly okay nobody at any point Feels like they should tell those people, look, you're overreacting. You, you, maybe you have been overreacting the whole time, but you're certainly overreacting now. And it doesn't make sense for you to continue to be scared, as opposed to coddling them and making them feel normal. You're not normal. If, if wearing still- garlic around your neck makes you feel safer from vampires, it's okay. Allow yourself to wear garlic for a few more months. That's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> oh, my God. Gary in Orange County writes, has Fauci dis- been disappeared? <laughs> Hasn't been around the spotlight for several weeks. Maybe he got the Chinese bat fever. I don't know. I have not seen his smiling mug. Speaking of smiling mugs, Phoenix Steve writes, according to Speaker Pelosi, government spending reduces national debt. Then how did we get to $30 trillion with all that record spending? Why don't we just spend a, a $1,000 trillion and reduce the debt to zero? Hey, now. 
people start believing this garbage, we're truly screwed. Nancy, you are old enough to have met Milton Friedman. Come on. I think that's Phoenix. I think that was sarcasm in there somewhere. I think it may have been. Uh, Turlock Holmes writes, Dear Rubes, apologies ahead of time for returning to, well, one of your astute listeners so brilliantly drew from last week. Boy, that sentence is a train wreck. But after Kamala's trip to Poland, the Poles now make Kamala jokes. Oh, boy. Which Poles? All of them. Which Poles? All of them. Okay. That's a pretty clever line. The Polish are now making Kamala jokes. Yes. Yes. And then uh, finally this from G. Guys, we need to get some uh, get some uh, jets, put Ukrainian f- stickers on them, call up Maverick, Goose, Iceman, and that other dude, give them some new jeans, fly right into downtown Moscow. They land there, shirts off, grease up a little bit, get out the volleyball net, challenge Putin to a game. He won't be able to resist taking his shirt off and riding in on his lion. If we win, Putin has to pull out. War over. That's a great plan. Thank you for thank you for that. Be wheelbarrow load of dumb. We'll have the latest that happened over the weekend if you missed it, including did Moscow ask China for help? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. To the west, in Russian-occupied Melitopol, thousands of residents protested in the streets after video emerged appearing to show Russian troops kidnapping its mayor. And the Ukrainian government says a second mayor has been abducted from the city of Dnipro-Rudna. With the Russian advance now bearing down, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky rallied residents to defend the capital in an overnight address. If they kill all of us, then they will enter Kyiv, he said. If this is the goal, then let them enter, but they will not find friends among us. The president of Ukraine continuing to sound defiant and strong in the face of some pretty awful stuff over the weekend. I mean, it just was more of the same, but, uh, you know, it has a cumulative effect. There's more and more apartment buildings and hospitals and schools and all that sort of stuff were just destroyed. I, uh, I, I, want, to, uh, I want to commit an act of war against the next, next person who says these are acts of war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really uh, war crimes. War crimes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. These are war crimes. Yeah. Yeah. He knows and he doesn't care. So let's let's quit talking about that. I was just going to say, brace yourself for, yeah, abductions of mayors and summary executions and firebombing of of apartment complexes and chemical weapons. And God knows if you followed Putin's act in Libya or uh, Chechnya, you know, it's all on the table. So they they abducted two mayors. One of them was on video, put a bag over his head, and he's disappeared. Is the guy being tortured? Is he alive? Is he dead? Who freaking knows? But Putin put another person in place as the mayor who is not being received well in that town, I can imagine. Can you imagine getting that call from Vlad Putin? Hey, uh, good news, you're the new mayor of that town. Uh, I'm what now? you got a target on your back for the rest of your life, and probably the next generation, too. Well, we'll get to some of the bigger questions, I guess, coming up. Uh, Some of the other headlines for things that happened over the weekend. There was an American journalist and a photographer that were killed in Ukraine over the weekend. Um. We did announce that the full force of NATO would respond if Russia actually hits Poland. They came within 10 miles yesterday. I think that is probably true. The other one that I'm not quite so sure about is uh, Joe Biden announced over the weekend that if 
Russia uses chemical weapons, they would pay a severe price. Well, your old boss said that one time before, and then nothing happened. What would the severe price be? I mean, you've taken troops and no-fly zone off the table. We've sanctioned them as far as you can sanction them. So what exactly would the severe price be for using chemical weapons? Nobody seems to know that. Yeah, I understand there are a couple of more gears available economically, but not much. Uh, and there are some reports that uh, Russia already has used chemical weapons, but that hasn't been nailed down yet. Well, that would be a heck of a thing. Um, the U.S. is planning to revoke normal trade relations with Russia. I think we had that on Friday, but we have today that Moscow's stock market will remain frozen for the third straight week that the stock market is going to be closed there in Russia. What in the world is his endgame? How does he see this playing out? As none of these sanctions are going away anytime soon, as long as he continues to prosecute this war. How does he think this is going to turn out? I realize how it turned out all the other wars that the world didn't pay attention to, but the world is paying attention to this one. It's Mm -hmm. not going to turn out the same way. You're not going to kill everybody, gas a bunch of people, abduct a bunch of mayors, put in your own people, and the world stops paying attention and you just run the place. That ain't happening. Right. I find the stock market maneuver really, really interesting because domestic, uh, uh, you know, the, the state of domestic politics in Russia is a huge part of this equation. And Putin, you know, he's been arresting people wholesale at the, the rallies. But the, the, the shutting down the stock market for three weeks in a row is very much a keeping a lid on the pressure maneuver. Nobody's quite sure how miserable, unhappy, and pessimistic the Russian markets are. And that's intentional. We're, uh, Putin won't let them express that. So his his gamble is that he can control that pressure and let it off slowly. Sometimes that works. Often it does not. Yeah, that is really interesting. You know, speaking of what Russians think of things, Ian Bremmer quoted some polls that I assume he thinks are legit out of Russia that show that less well-educated older people in Russia, two-thirds approve of the war. That's the crowd that gets entirely mm. state media. So they believe the story that the Russian military is being sent in to save Ukrainians from Nazis. They're pinpoint targeting military installations and saving, you know, families. So that's two-thirds of the older population. The younger population that gets more news from outside, and that's only a quarter of the population, are extremely negative on the war. Um, But so overall, he's still got support, according to this poll that Ian Bremmer is quoting. Hmm. Uh, the energy is among the young, though. I think that we'll uh, we'll see that play out in the weeks to come, which is uh, always the case in any country. Yeah. Um, some other polling that came out over the weekend. I mentioned that eighty-seven percent of Americans are following this story closely, which is fascinating in its own way. Both parties feeling the same way and having the same attitudes for the most part, almost exactly. Same with the gas question: seventy-seven to twenty-two. People approve of cutting off Russian oil, even if gas goes up. And that was put in the question. Even if gas goes up and it affects you, 77% of Americans support cutting off Russian oil. Um, And it's almost exactly the same for Republicans and Democrats, which is danged interesting. By the way, Biden's handling of gas prices disapproves 70%. Now, one of the shows I watched, they, they they couldn't understand how that could be. 
as far as I can tell, the American people have gotten this exactly right. Ding. Yeah, I'm all for um, punishing Russia. We shouldn't be buying oil from a country we're at war with. And yeah, if it goes up, I'm willing to accept that. And Biden has done a terrible job on the gasoline by shutting down uh, drilling and the pipeline and, and, and just making negative noises all the way around. Right. Those, those, right. Two, so, those, those aren't uh, contradictory poll numbers. No, in fact, they're, they're pretty sophisticated. It shows yeah. the American people understand there are a lot of factors affecting gasoline. We're blaming Biden for most of them. All right, that little chunk that has to do with the, the Putin war. Okay, he's off the hook for that, but only that. Here's one other thing I heard yesterday. Speaking of these polls, is um, this is pretty complex, and uh, uh, I don't know how true it is and how long it will last, but for the last many years, like 5% or so on both sides, the, the most extreme 5% on both, both sides of the political aisle have been dominating the conversation. And it would seem for the past several weeks that that big chunk in the middle, the like 70 to 80, 75 to 85% that was getting squeezed out have taken over the conversation. And the extreme left voices that are making noises about this is just racism and the extreme right voices that are pro-Putin are getting squeezed out for the first Please. time in many years. And that big chunk in the middle is dominating the conversation and in agreement on things. Isn't that interesting? Yes. I mean, I, I hate to get my hopes up that, that some level of sanity is being restored to the national conversation, but I hope it's true. Right. You know, one of my one of my favorite musicians was tweeting over the weekend, and as usual, it was just bitter, hateful politics. And this and, and uh, so this guy tweeted something. Somebody uh, tweeted something bitter and hateful back at him. He returned the bitterness and hatred 100 uh, percent. And, and this guy's been doing this for years now. And I'm thinking, what are the two of you get out of this? What are you doing? How are you spending your day? What's the appeal? I, I don't get it. I don't know how long it'll last either, but I do feel like in the couple of weeks, the this is racism thing was just like, oh, please. And the people on the other side with the they've got chemical weapons and we pushed Putin into this. They're like, oh, please. Everybody just ignored those voices on the extremes of the parties and went with a consensus for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how long over the idea that the free world needs to stand up against this. Speaking of consensuses, the consensus on inflation and what caused it and who ought to be blamed for it is emerging. It's interesting. And if you've heard, uh, for instance, Speaker Pelosi making increasingly desperate and unhinged statements about inflation, there's a good reason for that. Oh, boy. We'll get to that in a a minute or two. And we're going to kick off Hour 2 talking to Mike Lyon, see what his latest thinking is with... Uh, Russia hitting that close to a NATO country over the weekend, talks of chemical weapons, all that sort of stuff. So stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This administration wants to put the blame squarely on Vladimir Putin because they know clearly based on those numbers that rising gas prices presents a huge political problem for this president. So you are going to hear him, I suspect, continue to hammer this point, continue to argue as well that Americans are making a sacrifice. They're going to have to answer to why the gas prices were rising like that before the war. Yeah. Uh, By the way, I know why Tom Brady unretired. We'll get to that story later in the show. Okay. Spent 40 days retired. I think it's pretty clear on why he's unretired. More on that later. 
Fair enough. I was happy to see the roundtable people, I think that was on Meet the Press, saying, uh, yeah, well, they're going to have to explain why all these prices were going up so much before the war started. This whole Putin inflation thing. And the midterms were looking miserable for the Democrats before all of this started, or all of it got, you know, to be the number one story in America. Uh, For instance... Jen Psaki the other day said inflation, quote, uh, would moderate uh, by the end of the year. And it continues to be the projection that high inflation will be temporary. Well, Janet Yellen, Treasury Secretary, comes out and says, I don't think uh, I don't want to make a prediction, but uh, we're likely to see another year in which 12 month month inflation numbers remain very uncomfortably high. Oh, boy. So that's something when your your press sec tries to make a claim, and it gets swatted out of the air by the uh, Secretary of the Treasury hours later. And then this, and we're looking for these clips. This is truly unhinged stuff. Both President Biden and and Nancy Pelosi were at that uh, big retreat in Philadelphia thing, all the Democrats getting together. Good morning. Like like team building where you fall backward and catch somebody, and they had a a painting session where you could paint and sip Chardonnay and that sort of thing. I hope that's brought them them together for the shellacking they're about to take. But anyway, uh, so Biden stands up. He says, I'm sick of this stuff. Bad I had a Kefkar. And he holds his hand up to his neck, suggesting he's had it up to his neck. The American people think the reason for inflation is the government spending more money. Simply not true. And then Nancy said, and again, this could be the clip of the year. We're going to find this clip in a news conference. When we're having this discussion, it's important to dispel some of those who say, well, it's the government spending. No, it isn't. The government spending is doing the exact reverse, reducing the national debt. It's not inflationary. Hmm. It's a bold statement. Government spending is reducing the national debt. Wow. If you're, say, I don't know, Hunter Biden or some other cokehead or something, or maybe you have a gambling addiction, explain that to your spouse as you have that tearful, angry meeting at the kitchen table. Honey, my gambling is reducing our debt. (laughs) Boy, that is just crazy talk. And then, of course, uh, Kefcare said, make no mistake, inflation is largely the fault of Putin. Pelosi echoed it. Putin's gas hike. That's his gas hike. No, oh, boy. She told reporters. Boy. Oh, my gosh. Let's go, Brandon. Wow. Wow. And then this from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, inflation is causing the biggest pain to non-white voters. Uh, 35% of black, Hispanic, Asian American, and other voters said they're, they were something other than white, expressed that high level of inflationary pain, 35%, which is significantly more than white folks, but, um, a huge percentage of black folks and Hispanic folks. I'm scrolling down to find it. Oh, 47% of plurality of voters say they think the Republicans can best tame inflation. Uh, among independents, 71% say the economy is going the wrong way. 78% of Hispanic voters say the economy is going the wrong way. Wow. Those are some rough numbers. Yeah, I'd say, man. Whew, it is. It's one of those snowballs uh, tumbling down the hills in a hill in a cartoon getting bigger and bigger and uh, nastier and nastier. So that's why they're going with crazed, unhinged stuff like, no, the government spending is actually reducing the debt. 
Mike Lyons to kick off our number two. He, I have a feeling he's going to bring some serious reality to the conversation about a no-fly zone, as I was following his Twitter feed over the weekend. That's Twitter feed. Um, Giselle Bunchen is one of the world's top models. She happens to be married to Tom Brady, who unretired yesterday after 40 days of being retired. He's going to go back to playing in the NFL. And uh, I just read a quote from her where she said, somebody asked her, because I wondered about that when I heard Tom Brady saying, I really miss it and I want to go back. I thought, what's your wife think about this? The whole you're going to, she's going to raise the kids while you're out playing football thing again. I just read a quote from her today where somebody asked her, she's thrilled that he's going back to play. So it's the classic dude retires, comes home, and you both realize, ah. <laughs> ain't spent this much time around you for a long, long time. So this is what it's like for us to just hang out in the kitchen for six hours a day. <laughs> I think that's what happened. Well, and I would suggest that that effect is especially true if the husband is a super crazy type A greatest of all time type. They don't take to chilling very well. Who worked out like 12 hours a day and probably stopped? So this is what you're like, Tommy, when you're not in the gym for 12 hours? You're driving me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what happened. (laughs) Jason Gay in the Wall Street Journal wrote a funny piece. Six weeks, basically. The life cycle of a hardy mayfly. A brief Hollywood marriage. That's all Tom Brady gave retirement. Not enough time to fall in love with gluten, grow a slight paunch, tame his golf swinger, find a wooden bench outside a tackle shop where everyone gossips and drinks sludge coffee. I don't think my theory is like just, it's not just for humorous purposes or crackpot. I think there's some, I think maybe both of them thought, let's, you know, you're wanting to play. Yeah. In a very serious way, though, how interesting is it? And this happens a lot of times. You, you've you run through the situation with retirement or taking a job or a relationship or whatever. And once you actually get in it, you think, this is not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Doesn't happen a lot, but I I don't think it's ever happened to me. But I've certainly seen it happen to people. Like, take a job and then they're in it for just like a month and they think, this is not what I want. Or I've seen plenty of people retire and then unretire very quickly. Sure. Whether out of self-delusion or circumstance, you realize your expectations were nowhere near the truth. And that's something you failed to recognize something in yourself. Yeah, that's like Tom Brady. I mean, it's his obsessiveness that made him great. Of course. Retiring from the game doesn't end the obsessiveness. And then he, he got how like, many? I don't know, electroshock therapy or something. Day two, he's standing around the kitchen island, and she's tinkering in the kitchen or something. And he's standing there, and he's thinking, so is this a... Uh... It's pretty much a typical day. I mean, is this, is this and the kids are kind of playing in the corner doing video games? Is this, is this all that happens around here? I mean, is this really? This is it for the He's rest of my folding life? Folding laundry and he keeps <laughs> saying to the kids, "All right, hey, I want you to run down the hall and shoot toward the bedroom. Just as you come out of your break toward the bedroom, I'm going to hit you with these socks." Go Just over and over again. No, no, no! Square off your root. Square off your root. Go again. This is it, huh? Just like laundry and going to the grocery store. Just every day, huh? For the rest of my Standing life. Standing around looking beautiful in our case. <laughs> <laughs> looking amazing. <laughs> I did happen to catch a tiny bit of sports talk where they said Tampa Bay is not even the, the third best team in that division, let alone a Super Bowl contender. So I don't know anything about that. That's completely out of my uh, my league. But uh, 
Wow, they were one pass play from uh, going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Beating the Rams. Yeah, yeah. so who knows? Ah, the other thing Jason Gaith said that I thought was funny, he was with her. Michael Jordan, Floyd Mayweather, Bjorn Borg, or a bunch of people who retired and unretired and retired and unretired. If they say, you know, I'm not... I'm not closing the door to never playing again. Forget it. It's just going to be a matter of weeks. <laughs> think about sure that enough. before you retire or make some giant change. You think you've thought it through, but maybe you haven't. Mike Lyons is a political or a military analyst we really like. He was tweeting over the weekend, hey, this no-fly zone, everybody needs to accept. This is going to war with Russia. Do you all understand what you're talking about here? As the conversation, at least, has really gone that direction in the last couple of days. I was watching all the talk shows yesterday. Well, and there's a reason for that momentum. Some of the most horrific Russian attacks have been from airplanes now. They're converting from, uh, you know, missile strikes to cruise missiles from aircraft. So, yeah, you're going to just hear that conversation get louder. We'll check in on that. Among other things, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. If you miss an hour of the show, you can grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.